Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. God said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. The rapture is when the Lord returns to bring his children home. And Second Peter 3.10 tells us this event marks the beginning of the tribulation, thus throwing away the false doctrine of the middle or end of the week for the rapture. In Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, when we think about the Lord's second coming, and I think about that quite often because I'm ready to leave this world. I believe God has blessed me to be able to live and to preach and to proclaim his word for all these years, and I certainly am thankful. But in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, you know, uh, beginning with verse 3, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We certainly know and see the falling away. Not only the loss are getting worse, but it's hard to tell who's saved and who isn't. God said in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a great falling away first. That's happened, has it not? Verse 4 said, Who oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshiping so that he is God Sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember, ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. He told us that what's going on in America now would be happening worldwide. And it is. And now ye know that with and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he is taken out of here. There's nothing 
no government administration can change what God has said will take place. But the fact that how corrupt our government is and nobody studies the person and study the politics and study what is really going on because we're spending money we don't have. The government is giving away money they don't have. Verse 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. That verse has always bothered me. Let's read it again and see if you can see why it would bother me. And with all deceivableness, deceivableness of, of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They do not receive the love of the truth. The love of the truth is, that's God's word. And they don't believe God. And the laws of this country now, if he doesn't come in the next two or three years, this pastor or whoever fills this pulpit, will not be able to preach the way I've preached the last 50 some years. They'll take me out or whoever's in here and they'll close down these churches. That's a prediction based upon the word of God. Notice verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. And they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in the unrighteousness. Even family shows, or what's supposed to be family shows, has become nothing but filthy muck. Cursing, nakedness, filth. In Genesis 19, 18 through 22, the angel told Lot, I cannot do anything. You know, no saved child of God will experience one moment of the tribulation period. So the only way that we will not experience what is coming is that God must take us out of here. And that is why I believe in the pre-trib. 
Some of my good friends and pastors believe they're going through the first three and a half years. I could name you and you would know them. They preach for us. I preach for them. But friend, God has not appointed wrath to his children. The question then becomes who is taken and who is left. And Jesus provides an answer to both these questions by telling us to look back on the pattern that he has given us and look at the character of God. Notice with me in Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Let's begin with verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. How many times have we had these jokers predict when Jesus is coming? Coming on this day, coming on that day. And people get some concerned, they get religious. But when he doesn't show up, that was just fire for the devil. We should never participate in such foolishness. God said, nobody knows. Didn't he say that in verse 36? But of that day and hour knoweth no man? No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus doesn't even know. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah built that ark. Noah was in that ark. He closed the door, but yet the rain did not come right then. But Noah was obedient. And then the rains came. God said in verse 40, God says in verse 40, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. I personally think that uh, any of these religious holidays would be a prime time for the Lord to come. Because our minds is on the Easter bunny, my Easter outfit, have I 
gotten what I wanted? Have I given my children what they want for Christmas? Is everything there? Is God pleased with it? And if you study the scriptures, God has nothing to do with either one of them. Because you know they got the resurrection wrong. You can't die on Friday and raise on Sunday and be in the earth three days and three nights. And even if they had the birth of the Lord right, they have corrupted it and let a little pretend fat man get all the glory. And it's another day to celebrate ourselves. The question then becomes who is taken and who is left. And Jesus provided an answer for both of those. He has provided an answer for both of those. Well, we know that Noah, the reason Noah was taken out is because uh, as we read, and I won't read all of it, but I invite you to to Genesis chapter 6, the first 22 verses, You'll see the condition that the earth was in. The weakness of men was great, and the thoughts of man's hearts was continually, continually evil. But Noah, praise God, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you know this morning, and I trust you do, surely everyone in this building does, that The reason that you're saved and not still lost is because you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It wasn't because you were special. It wasn't because I was special. But that we found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, notice with me in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. God said here, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Now, let's get a little history lesson here. Maybe down-to-earth lesson. The reason I'm saved and you're saved is because you uh, found faith. You found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You're no different than the lost person that died this morning or last night or whenever, and they're in hell this morning. But you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he tells us, you know, in Hebrews eleven seven, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Lesson number two. Who is the most important people in your life. 
Should it not be your family? The families have fell apart. Sons and daughters no longer come around. Sons and daughters no longer stay in contact. Because there's only two divine institutions. That's the family and the church. Look around. Where is the family? It's a wreck. Maybe not yours, but it's a wreck. What about the church? As a pastor, called me about October something. Anyway, it was the Sunday before or after the devil's holiday. You know what that is, Halloween. They said, man, we broke down and we had a Halloween party in our church and it was overflowed. And I said, you didn't have no problem with that? He said, Brother Vance, God called us to reach the lost. You didn't reach the lost. You entertained the lost. Noah found grace. Pastor Vance found grace. Notice with me, 2 Peter 2.5. 2 Peter 2.5 says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Verse 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Why do you think that God chose these two cities that were filled with homosexuals? Our government sure hasn't read that, have they? Our senators haven't read that. Even 16 or 19, whatever it was, make-believe, pretend Republicans, they didn't know about that. Is God coming? Yes, and he's going to do the same thing to this United States as he did Sodom and Gomorrah. God is still God. According to Genesis chapter 7, 1 through 12, Noah entered the ark seven days before the waters of the flood came upon the earth. Noah did not experience a single bit of the judgment of God. Does that not show you that there 
is going to be a rapture before any judgment upon this earth? I mean, how many times has God got to say it for somebody to believe that a child of God is not going through the judgment of God at the end of time? He's going to rapture the church out. He's going to rapture every saved person. Noah is our example. Noah went into the ark a week before it happened so that he wouldn't even get to prelims or so. So if we believe and can see in our minds why he was in the ark seven days before the flood started, God doesn't want his children to participate in the wrath of the devil. He's going to take us up right before it really gets bad. I think it's very soon. I remember my precious wife saying one day we were talking, she said, if it gets any worse than it is now, I wouldn't want to be here. And I said, darling, you won't be here. And I won't be here. He's going to take us out. Whatever period of time it is, you know, I like to think it's seven because of what the word seven means. But we're going to leave this earth then you're really going to see, everybody's left going to see. Now, if we really believe that, what is the best gift that any of us could give to our family if God would use us to lead them to the Lord? I mean, what a day. What a day it will be. See, the character of God does not change. God has not changed. He still believes the same. He still acts the same. He still, he's just God and I change not. That's what God said. I am God and I change not. Notice in the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, when we see this, we see what God is doing, how he's blessed us. And in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, God said, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He changed not. You know, and if I have one thing that people tells me more and more often, even more now that the Lord's second coming is even closer. Brother Vance, people don't want to hear that hell, fire, and brimstone preaching. Then you can't sit under me because I don't know anything else. That's all I know. All I know is that God is love, and he will love you right into glory, or he will watch you go right into hell. God said in James chapter 1 and verse 17, James chapter 1 and verse 17, he said, every good gift, every perfect gift from above and come up down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. 
if God saved me, and he did, I should have some fruit. Fruit. In other words, when somebody sees me, when somebody talks to me, like I told you, when I went with my granddaughter to look at some wedding dresses, I, by the way, I told her, what you got on is fine, you know, but she didn't agree with that statement. But the lady asked all these questions, and then she looked at me, and she said, are you a minister? One of the greatest compliments this old Baptist preacher's ever got. For a, for a person who didn't know me and never seen me before, seen by my demeanor and how I, I guess how I answered the questions or I, asked, I didn't ask questions, whichever one it was. But there's difference in a child of God. There's a difference. God said, here in the 17th verse, every good and every perfect gift is from above and come up down from the Father of, of, of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. In other words, I should have some qualities of his son. Now, I never can be like his son because not here on this earth because I've got an old nature that just tugs at me all the time. It was the old nature that caused you to lose your temper and do something stupid. You know, it's stupid to shoot up a computer because then you got to go pick the stupid thing up, you know. But, see, we're in the flesh. And sometimes we let that flesh control us. And whether it's me, you, or whoever it is, it's wrong. It's wrong. Because he that is in me is stronger and mightier than he that's in the world. God tells us, turn back to the book of Hebrews, a page or two back, and you'll see in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. God does not change. He does not change. You know, you, uh, take our dear sister, you know, you know, she, she's had this hard murmur for a long, long time. Never did bother. I had a bad heart from the beginning. Blue baby. Rheumatic fever. You know, all that kind of stuff. But God let me live many, many years before he got my attention. You know. 
we think about all the years that it didn't bother us. We think about all the good days. But being in the flesh, that flesh says, but you need to, to uplift the bad days so that people can understand why you do what you do. I already know why you do what you do. You got a sinful body. We all got a sinful body. But Christ is going to come and it could be today. Christ could come today. You believe that? I believe that. He could come today. In the book of Luke, in the book of Luke, chapter 17, I believe. Let's see here. Luke. Luke, the 17th chapter. Let's look at verse 28. In Luke 17, verse 28, God said, Likewise, as ye also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Don't verse 30 sort of bother you? God's going to destroy this earth. In that day ye shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife? I believe that verse ought to be on our minds. Remember Lot's wife. I appreciate, I dearly appreciate you, y'all, that has, has stood for God and his word You turn your back upon God and it's over. It's over. Sodom and Gomorrah was the same state that the world was in the days of Noah, where evil abound. Genesis 18, 16 through 33, you ought to read that. God revealed the plan that he has to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin. Sin. But you know what is so sad about it today? Nothing is sin. The government legalizes sin. I've heard parents say, well, boy, I tell you, yeah, I'm concerned about my children, but, you know, at least they haven't, wasn't as bad as I was. 
Does that give you comfort? <laughs> Have you ever thought about your reaping what you did in your children? That scares me to death. It causes me to tremble. But yet there's people who say, oh, I don't have to worry about that. You know, God is not going to bring sin upon my children because of me. You don't know that. The Bible indicates that it may even go down to the second or third generation. Why do you preach like that, Pastor? It gives you motivation to straighten it up. Gives me motivation to straighten it up. It's not important what somebody else thinks about me. How does God see me? Does he see me through the finished blood of Jesus Christ? Or does he see you as you are? You know, God uses so many things to speak to us, but yet we do not listen. One must be born again. When an individual is born again, they become a child of God. I mean, that's what we see in Romans chapter 8, don't we? Romans chapter 8, verse 14, God said this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How do you know you're a child of God? Not because you're baptized, not because you've been faithful in church, not because your parents were saved, but God tells us right here how we know. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Who makes the decisions for you? Do you make them? Do your best friend make them? Or does God make them? And, and we just said back, well, you know, I know, it's, I, I know it's wrong, but, you know, all you're going to do is just, just make the relationship between me and my daughter and me and my son and me and my grandchildren and me and my neighbor. Would you rather make your children mad or see them go to hell? I think that's a fire question. I think it's a fire question. We need to ask ourselves that. You know, exactly what God tells us here in Romans chapter 8, 14 through 16. Never explained in First John three nine when 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 John said, "Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God." Now you know if you study the whole scriptures, you'll see that we can and do sin, but we do not live the life of sin. We just can't do what we used to do. I mean, let's face it. I don't, I don't listen to some kind of music, you know, not because it's right or wrong, it's some good music. I don't like that kind of music. But you know what I found out? I found out that if we listen to something long enough, participate in it long enough, 
It really doesn't seem as bad as we thought. You ever notice that? Let me give you a prime example. Little bitty bad words, we call them, they used to beep them out on the television. Now they make a point. The, the most popular of the show is, that's where more nakedness is, more drinking is, and more cussing is. I've never understood why you got to cuss to express yourself. They do offer classes for adults, you know, because most people, I believe, curse because that's easy and it makes them feel big and bad. And uh, but you know, it's a lack of vocabulary. It's a lack of vocabulary. The word just comes from the Greek word with meaning equitable in character or act. It's uh, innocent, holy, righteous. And Lot certainly was not living like a righteous man. In fact, he uh, tried to act righteously. He seemed as one that mocked to his family, you know. We can't pretend that we're something we're not because sooner or later it'll come out. You'll say something. You'll agree with something. You'll participate in something. And when you did it, you'll ask yourself, Lord, why did I do that? You ever done that? Come on now. Yes, we've done that. Because we didn't want to explain ourselves. Because, I mean, after all, where are your friends? Where are those that support you? Is it those that gather at the local bar? Those that go at the strip clubs or is it those that you believe has a relationship with God let me tell you friend as I close and I'll probably finish this up tonight when I walked down that hill at my house to the mailbox and I walk back up and my heart starts fluttering. I don't care how many preachers approve of me. I only care that I'm a child of the king. And that if that heart stops beating all together, I'll be in the presence of God before wire picks my body up. That's what's important to me. And every one of you in this building can make that surety this morning, if you will. You said, I'm not ready. Let me tell you, friend, you'll never be ready. God makes you ready. 
one minute before God saved me that morning, I was as lost as anybody. But God saved me. And I've never, never been the same. My daughter and my wife told me one day the same, almost the same time, you're too hard on yourself. I've got to be hard on myself because if I give myself a little slack, man, I'm out of control and nothing's left. But God keeps you under control. Song leader and pianist come.